That's right. It's uh, the other side. Dan Borowski, Anthony Dorenzo sitting in for Don Stenslin. Thank you so much, Don, for letting us do this again. Anthony, how you doing, man? Uh, final shows before yes, Christmas, sir. sir. I, I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Happy it's finally Christmas. Get to get some uh, fill-in reps. And, yeah, no, it's been a fun week. Well, let me ask you first. How the hell are you still awake? You've been up since know. 4 a.m. doing this. Yeah, Last night know, you were man. sending me things at, like, 1130. It's Yeah. Do you yeah. sleep? When did you sleep? Uh, I sleep uh, on occasion. I tried to – I took a small nap, like, around, like, 2.30 yesterday. And then, I don't know. I didn't get to bed till like, around 10 last night. Ooh. It's a it's a it's a sprint. So you could watch too. the end of that uh, great game last night, the Thursday night football, actually high scoring for once. Was- I saw some of the Flyers game. I didn't actually. I've been tuning out Thursday night lately just because I'm disgruntled it's because terrible. of fantasy and the Eagles. So and it's terrible. The games aren't even quality. But uh, if you're just joining us for the first time, the other side is uh, it means the other side of the glass. Dan Borowski, producer of the Dom Giordano program. Anthony Dorenzo, producer of what, what seems like everything else. I mean, company from Kale and Company. <laughs> yeah, Don right. Stenslin. And what we do is we just uh, talk about what we want to talk about. There'll be some politics spiced in. There'll be uh, uh, some Christmas chat. And actually, Anthony, I want to lead off with a, a Christmas question that I want to pose to you. I want to pose to listeners. Uh, uh, Maisie and I, we just moved across the bridge to New Jersey. We're in Deptford now. Uh, oftentimes, I act mysterious about it, but we're in Deptford, Gloucester County. And, and we're doing Christmas Eve for the first time. And, and this is the first time in my life I'm hosting Christmas Eve. And we have absolutely no idea what to make. So I could really use ideas from our listeners. 855-839-1210. What to make for Christmas Eve. Uh, seven fishes is the tradition that I expect you to be doing, right? Uh, I've done it. I just think it's a lot. It's yeah, a, it's a it's lot to deal much. with. There's a lot of fish. I mean, it's it's... You're probably going to spend a lot of money. And a lot of that food isn't necessarily going to be eaten. And with fish, you can't, like, really reheat it. You know, it's not, especially fresh fish, you want to eat that, like, immediately. So, I, I don't know. It's kind I was of thinking of handing over to Captain Chucky's and describing, like, one of everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. I love their crab cakes. And that's, to me, crab cakes are perfect for Christmas. Um, I also love getting, like, Ooh. fresh raviolis for, like, an appetizer, uh, like a small pasta dish. Um, and I'll usually, some sort of, like, beef. Like, I like short ribs. I think that's a good one. <laughs> short rib with, like, veggies. Uh, homemade mashed potatoes, but then obviously you know you have vegetarians, pescatarians, stuff like that. Um, but that's pretty simple. You could even slow cook that. Just leave it in either the oven, the crock pot, stuff like that. So I was thinking about doing roast beef or something similar, dude. It, it, what you just told me that I hope Maisie's listening because I hope she wrote that down and that's exactly what we'll do. Uh, you know, I crab cakes I think might be the solution. Yeah, might be the yeah. solution. Call, uh, call Captain Chucky's baby. <laughs> little plug there uh real quick as uh, some producer business you want to knock out what you need to knock out or you want to do that later the uh live read oh oh no yeah we'll get to it later all right. it's all good it's yeah, all good. Okay. uh so so anthony uh last show you were talking about some christmas movies i want to get to my uh, elf defense at some point but i want to lead off talking about a uh, john fetterman uh fetterman's been all over the news recently it's a a long time progressive that can hardly speak as we all know but he's now making some headlines doing some interviews and showing a little bit more moderate side of his politics anthony first off uh, where do you stand a lot of progressives you're not progressive as we know but a lot of young progressives are now jumping off the uh the fetterman boat uh, it's nice to see the guy show a sign of authenticity and uh, a guy that can kind of change his views but i think there might be something nefarious here anthony first off what are your thoughts on this situation well, we talked about this with uh, Matt and Mary for a bit, and it's it's tough. Like, for me, my opinion on it, I'm just shocked that he's even, like, starting to adjust and, and like, really consider opinions that aren't what he's traditionally held. That gives me, like, a positive feeling about politics and where they're going. But at the same time, Rooney made the point that 
I mean, look at the polls and look at what voters think, especially in a state like Pennsylvania. I mean, he's doing kind of what he has to do. Like that, even though Dr. Oz necessarily never had an upper hand over Fetterman, but if Fetterman wants to be known as this common man in Pennsylvania that fights for people, I mean, he kind of does have to take some of these stances, especially, I mean, I am still shocked about blocking that China uh, buy up there for for some of the union land and and all those kind of, because we continue to hear that and we don't ever hear any Democrat usually even admit it, let alone a Republican admit it. So for him to come out, block it and make statements about it, I mean, I'm going to give you credit when you're due credit. And that, that to me, I was... we got to be careful, though. Like, I had the shower thought. Is it possible? Uh, hear me out for a second. I'm, I'm quite a, a theorist here. I don't want to say a conspiracy theorist, but I, I, I enjoy them. I, I'm not one that completely believes them. But I had a shower thought. Could this be, with an election coming up, Bob Casey, if Fetterman continues down this progressive path, that kind of labels Bob Casey, the Democrats, in a, in a way that might be irreparable after what we're seeing with the anti-Semitism out there mm-hmm. and uh, progressive politics politics have gone so far left now that it's crazy it's it's asinine and i i think fetterman realizes that it's a political loss if he continues down that path for his partner there in senate bob casey i've said for a while i think the progressive policies and agenda are going to blow up in their face and i think it's starting to happen millennials are the ones that were mainly first progressives quote unquote and i think they all for the most part realize that they were sold a bag of false goods like they really were we all were when you at college and and all these entitlements and and when they get you in, in involved in social programs i i just think people are realizing it's not sustainable to to pay off college debt and it's it's just all of these things that sound great utopian ideas look at every single time a society has tried them out it never works ever yeah yeah, you're, you're completely right. And I, I think a lot of what happened, what we're seeing now is uh, back in 2012, you had Occupy Wall Street, you had uh, uh, the, the Tea Party movement on the right, a, a lot of people pushing back against a over overreacting and overarching government. And, and I think some went so far left, uh, Bernie became popular. People started to really vibe with that, uh, the squad and, and young people. And it, it's sickening now to see where young people have gone on college campuses with this anti-Semitism. So it's nice to see kind of the realm move back to the center on the left. And uh, I don't know, though, man, it, 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 we got to be careful with Fetterman because if we go too far in, you know, propagating Fetterman and making him appealing to moderate Democrats, I think that really spells negatively for this Bob Casey election that's coming up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I, it's that's the thing with Pennsylvania. I feel like there are a lot of people like us that are, for the most part, willing to talk issue by issue. But then, when all these Democrats kind of have lockstep decisions in in Harrisburg, it's just concerning because the Republican Party in the state. I don't even know what the identity is after Mastriano, after Oz. After, I mean, look at the city, especially. There's no identity. Dude, I was so pissed off the other day. Did you see what Ronna McDaniel did? No, I did not. All right, so Scott Pe- Pressler is a guy that comes on Dom Show a lot uh, with Resistance is his name on Twitter. You see him there often. And, and the guy has done a great ground game. What he's done, he's come to Pennsylvania. He's knocked on doors. He's gone to the Oaks Gun Show. He's registered a hell of a, a lot of Republicans. And he swapped Beaver County from blue until red. And uh, Ronna McDaniel tweets out, Hey, look, uh, great job, Pennsylvania GOP, for swapping a tr- uh, historically blue county to red. Look at Beaver County, not giving any credit to Scott Pressler. And, and I wonder if Pennsylvania GOP is now getting credit from the national GOP. Are they going to look within themselves and actually change anything? Or are they going to continue being idiots out there in these elections? I don't like saying this, but I mean, from everything we've seen, I mean, it's just, it seems like, yeah, like I don't think anything's going to change from this party right now. If they're going to. 
I mean, I, I know Mastriano doesn't seem like he's moving forward. I, I don't know enough about McCormick yet. I think we need to keep following that. I, he does seem like a better direction, but I, it's really hard for me to, to hope and, and like to think that the party is going to just totally, you know, rebrand and find a way to pivot. Just getting started here on the other side, Dan and Dorenzo. Uh, I'm Dan Borowski from the Dom Giordano program. Anthony Dorenzo from Dawn Sensland, uh, what we're covering right now. Thank you, Dawn, for the time. I really appreciate it. But 855-839-1210 if you want to get in. And uh, please call us. I could really use your help uh, trying to decide what we're doing for Christmas Eve dinner. And uh, give us some of your favorite fil- uh, some of your favorite Christmas films as well. Uh, going off of what Matt Rooney said, I want to give a defense of Elf as the best Christmas film of all time. Dan Borowski here with Anthony Dorenzo. Anthony, my man, how you doing, sir? I am as good as I could be. Merry Christmas. As good man. as you could be. I mean, working as much as you are, man, it's got to be tough. So yeah. thank you. Thank you, sir. That's fun, though. It's fun. I, I look like at that. you, and I, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I could do as much as you do. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. Hey, brother, so let's get into some presidential politics. I was uh, listening to you and Maz coming in yesterday, and uh, there was some quite defend, uh, quite tough defense there you had for rfk against some uh, others that seemed uh, yes. in favor a little bit of nikki haley which was surprising to hear yeah now why does anyone like that one i know <laughs> I, I don't get it man like I, i'm looking at it right now like it's it's very traditional conservative neocon politics it seems like she's trying to preach to a choir that's not really looking to listen anymore yep anti that well i'm anti-establishment but this is exactly why i'm anti-establishment because i believe People and the powers that be on both sides of government continue to push things like Ukraine, like Israel. And I'm not saying we shouldn't go after terrible terrorist organizations, but this just incessant need to give all our money to these other countries and the military industrial complex. Like we can't I just don't understand. We can't just keep accepting it because we've always done it. And that's that's what frustrates me. Yeah. And and you think Nikki's kind of uh, in the camp of continued wars nonstop? Yes. I think it's pretty clear. Yes. I mean, we played a clip earlier with Nikki Haley, and she essentially was saying um, Hamas attacked on Putin's birthday. Is that a coincidence? Keep that in mind. So, and she ends it like uh, essentially alluding to saying we have to continually fund both wars. Warmongering. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. But where do you stand on Trump's uh, America First policy? Like, a lot of conservatives are so anti Ukraine anything uh, because they just don't want America to be the world's police anymore. Yeah. Uh, Dom is very much in that camp, uh, except for with Israel. I mean, with Israel, you got to protect your Western values, yeah. especially in the Middle East. And I, I think everyone seems to recognize it. But conservatives still stand, you know, somewhat against Ukraine, uh, especially this nonstop faucet of funding. Where do you stand on it? I mean, it actually came out on the New York Times that uh, they're looking into getting aid from Europe now because U.S. is pausing Ukraine aid, at least uh, going into this new year directly as of now. So... I don't know, man. I mean, I support Ukraine more than I support Russia. Uh, I'm not going to lie about that. But at the same time, yeah, how much? Look at our cities. Look at our streets. Look at our neighborhoods. Look at the economy. I mean, it's it's just concerning, man, that like people in our own country are constantly overlooked. And I don't think everyone should just get handouts. But why does the government even exist if it's not going to be there for the American people? Well, that's the thing that really troubles me with this whole back and forth uh, in Congress and Senate right now over the funding. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. we're talking about protecting American citizens by funding the border. And what they want is just a nonstop faucet of Ukraine funding. And I, I, I definitely think it's incredibly important to protect you know, Western values mm-hmm. and such and remain the uh, superpower of the world. But you got to have some kind of limit as to how much money you're willing to give, especially when there's questions whether or not there's corruption involving uh, one Joe Biden and others. Well, and I know this is a hard question to answer, 
but are these conflicts as impactful and important when it comes to freedom as it was back in you know world war one world war two era when when hitler came about and and japan came after the u.s is this as critical to step in yeah yeah I, it's it, i don't know the answer to that question it's well, if you're a left-leaner and you think Russia's the end of the world, the number one threat to the United States, then sure, I can see it for yeah. him. Yeah. But the reality is, it's China, right? Yeah, but I think at the end of the day, as much as I am an American and, and I care about our country first, I guess, but I care about everyone. And <laughs> the thing is, like, if you're going to fight for freedom, we have that fight will never end. We're fighting for that in our own country and you have to fight for it internationally as well because there will always be people fighting against it and fighting for tyranny and fighting for socialism. Uh, and, and that, I think, and I actually, I know I've brought this up before. I've been watching the Kennedy documentary and John F. Kennedy, the things he did as a young person and traveling abroad, he joined the Navy when World War II was starting. He was on a boat. This was the episode I watched yesterday. He was on a uh, a little tanker boat, as, boat the, and... as the Japan uh, tankers were kind of going right by him. He was idling with one engine. One of the giant uh, Japanese ships rammed right through his little uh, float. I, I forget exactly, like Bowie, kind of small, tiny little ship. And one of the shipmates was drowning. JFK went down there, saved him. Wow. Started, uh, saved him, got him to shore. I mean, what, what president? Like, that guy, it's crazy the amount of courage the amount of American pride that that and he understood like you're not just fighting for freedom in our own country you need to fight for freedom nationwide and make sure that everyone knows this and, and fight for that fight for your neighbor fight for your family fight for your cousin and that's you don't see leaders like that anymore and that's I think that's why I'm questioning is this as impactful as those old wars is this as important it, I, I got I'm gonna push back though I really think there's an axis of evil developing here yeah a, a new axis China Russia Iran and North Korea let's say those four and where where is the line drawn between you know putting ourselves out there to protect our status as that world leader against these four who their ultimate goal is to have full power and control over the entire world, is it not? You're right. And that's the concern because they I mean, they have the ability, China especially. I know we were talking about this earlier. The New York Post is reporting that uh, Biden uh, has been told by Xi that he's willing to, quote, take Taiwan by any means necessary. Mm. So I think that, to your point, that does, that very much makes me think the axis of evil thing and with Ukraine trying to be taken on top of now Taiwan, on top of the Middle East, like, yeah, this could be a huge issue. Which uh, brings me back to presidential politics, because it just, it, this coming election, I, I think, I, we say this every time around, but it's the most important election of a lifetime. It, the it election of a generation. But it really, yeah. like, I gotta say, it really is. Yeah. Because we have an economy with inflation that's spiraling out of control. We're, we're on our way to becoming the next, you know, like Venezuela, if we continue out with these socialist policies. Uh, so it's important to, you know, not have a socialist in office like we do right now. But it's also important to uh, remain that world superpower. And... We need someone strong in office to do that. And that brings me back to Nikki Haley. I do think Nikki Haley would be good for that purpose, but she's a little too far in that direction. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of Nikki, Secret Squirrel says in the chat, love Nikki Haley. She's a role model for women's fitness. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and a PT boat, patrol torpedo boat, yes, is what yes, uh, Kennedy yes. was on. Uh, 
But Chris Christie, man, I don't know what the hell he's doing in this race. Sloppy Chris Christie. Sloppy yeah. Chris Christie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's like as a person, I gotta say, being from Jersey, like I, I really like the guy. Uh, but as a politician, I think he has no business where he is right now. It's just funny because I remember having him on when I first started working here, and my uncle's actually been in circles around him before, so I've heard a lot about him, and it's just the way he acts publicly just makes me laugh. Yeah, I remember uh, covering. Uh, what was it? I guess funding CRDA, Casino Reinve- yeah, Reinvestment yeah, yeah. Development Authority in Atlantic City. And there's a highly respected journalist, Tom Lemaine, who long de- time did sports weather here in Philadelphia, who's now uh, retired at the shore. And it was a he grew up in Atlantic City, went to Philadelphia for a little while, worked there, and then came back. And he stood up to ask a question at a press conference. And I vividly remember Chris Christie saying, Sit down. You're not from Atlantic City. I don't want your question. We're taking Atlantic City reporter questions only because he recognized Tom LeMayne as a guy from Philadelphia. And all the reporters kind of just gasped. It's like, how, how does a politician treat, you know, a media member like that? This was before, you know, Trump yeah. treated the yeah, national true. media similarly. But uh, but Chris Christie, I mean, Tim, Tim Dillon, a, a comedian that often goes on with uh, Joe Rogan and Joe Rogan, we're talking about it. Uh, you have the clip... Uh, Yes, yeah, I have it ready. Uh, This is uh, cut 16 there. It was Tim Dillon. He pretty much, we were talking about Nikki Haley and the state of the GOP race. Uh, He kind of breaks down the hypocrisy and and just the entire thing in general. Uh, This cut 16, Dan, go. It's on the table. That's their favorite word. Their favorite sense is like, Oh, we're leaving all options on the table. It's It's about our values, says Nikki Haley. It's about our values in northern Ukraine. They like she wants the money. <laughs> I don't know what Chris Christie's up there talking about. You know, Ozempic or whatever, but he's not getting a dollar. No one's giving him anything. He's a weird one. Like, oh, he's just there he to ruin things. That. Here's what I appreciate about Chris Christie. No. He exists only to destroy. <laughs> he's not he trying win. to build. He cannot win. He's not going to be elected. He He's there to... Kill that Vivek Ramaswamy. He's gonna kill <laughs> Christian. He's, he's there to just destroy other people. He's, not, he's not there to succeed, and he knows it. <laughs> Sloppy Chris Christie. <laughs> yeah, I gotta ask: Is that what you think he's here for? Just to demolish, yeah. kill, kill, kill? I mean, I think that's a lot of politicians. Oh, give me your money, and I'll go out there and do your bidding. Tim Dillon like, saying it's about Vivek, though. I think he's completely off base there. Yeah. Because I think Vivek yeah. is a gnat at this point. I, I think he's flying around annoying that people have to swat away, but nobody takes him seriously. He's the Andrew Yang from a couple of years ago who young people like and hope that they have a shot. I think he has more momentum than Yang did. I'm not saying he's going to win. Dude, Yang had so... Remember Universal Basic Income and how much people yeah. really love that because of Yang? And I guess maybe uh, <laughs> Vivek just has a better chance because he's in a dysfunctional Republican Party with uh, less structure than the Democrats. <laughs> Um, but I, my thing with Vivek is he so taps into that online, not even right wing, but anti-establishment base. And and I'm not the biggest Vivek supporter. I do appreciate a lot of what he does, but I do agree with you. Sometimes he rubs me the wrong way. I, I, I just think he really has such a following with that internet base on Twitter, on, on people like on truth, even they and don't I, vote. Well, but then the Trump people, I guess they're still going to vote for Trump. But depending on what happens with the whole Colorado ruling and all of Trump's trials, I I mean, he could be in a good. I don't think he can win, but I'm just saying he could be in a good spot with anti-establishment people as well as Trump voters. Yeah. And back to Christie, I think Christie's just a straight up bully. I have. I think he has no chance. But I guess with New Hampshire, maybe. But I doubt it. 
I think he really wanted to be attorney general. Yeah. And when yeah. Trump was elected, uh, he, he, you know, renounced himself to support Trump in the election, mm-hmm. hoping that he'd get a nice cush cabinet position, maybe yep. as attorney general. Yep. And then Trump says, hey, why don't you go over to Italy and be my ambassador of Italy? And Christie was offended by it. And I think since then, his primary goal going on ABC, everything has been, you know, to get back at Trump somehow. And well, and they had their whole COVID falling out too. Then uh, he, pretty sure Trump blamed Chris Christie on giving him COVID early on when all this was oh, stuff that's was still right. going. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. was in the uh, White House, and... and they all they're like that ex couple you know from high school that you'll like see in your hometown during Christmas. That like even though they've been broken up for years, they con- the first thing you hear <laughs> out of their mouths is uh, they talk about each other. Or it's like, like yeah, it's like the friend that is allegedly over the ex-girlfriend, but every yep, time you talk yep. to them, it so, somehow comes back to the ex-girlfriend. It's like, dude, I'm just seeing how you're doing. You know? yeah. it's, it's an obsession. <laughs> yeah, it's an obsession. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're listening to The Other Side with Dan and Dorenzo covering for Don Sensland today. Uh, please dial us. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about as well. 855-839-1210. After the break, we'll get into the establishment a little bit. I'm curious to hear who Anthony thinks is the anti-establishment candidate at you, this you point. You probably know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, let's get into some uh, Christmas, uh, maybe some autonomous vehicles as well. The Other Side with Dan Dorenzo. Be back right after this break. Mamacita. Do you know of Mayor Jim Kenny? <laughs> Do you know if he spent any days at City Hall this week? Mamacita. It's a job you don't want no more. He's <laughs> probably down in Baltimore at his friend's restaurant. He will feed. I love this man. The city he has made sanctuary. Woo-hoo! He says that he <laughs> likes it that way. Yeah. The streets they are now all very scary and getting worse almost every day. Go away, mayor. We don't want you anymore. It really means a lot if you do not get shot or carjacked every day. Blame outlaw, blame Krasner, the city's a disaster. It's okay, it's okay, Jimmy K. Mamacita. <laughs> do you know of Mayor Jim Kenny? Oh, what a legend. Earl Anticoni, the official 2023 Don Giordano Show Caller of the Year you hear there. Has an entire album anywhere that a Dom Show podcast can be found. Uh, the Dom Show presents Earl Anticoni's A Krasnerland Christmas. Uh, so over the weekend, do yourself a favor. Listen to that entire album, Anthony. It's fantastic. Has uh, some cuts about uh, Biden on there, and as you just heard, some about Kenny. That's good. Yeah, that one's good. Uh, Mr. Establishment of Philadelphia himself. But uh, l- let's go to Kenny real quick. Uh, there, there was a clip that we have of Jim Kenny, uh, who provided an uh, interview to NBC10, and uh, he has some uh, some comments about. Remember when he was asked about the World Cup coming up, and he was out there. Uh, was this was this right after the South Street shooting? Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he was asked about the big events and what he has to do. And Mayor Kenny essentially says, eh, "I don't really really want to be mayor anymore." Yeah, I, I lost my mind over this when I was in Connecticut. I remember. Yeah, so he he was asked about. He talked about it a little bit. Uh, NBC Ten exit interview. Take a listen. We also talked about the gun violence that has plagued the city and a moment when emotions bubbled to the surface after shots were fired, injuring police officers on July fourth. And Kenny said he was looking forward to not being mayor. He jumped in today before I could finish my question. That one expression of emotion, frustration, and anger uh, should not be identifiable with the entire eight years of this administration. I think it's pretty uh, significant. What do you mean, shouldn't be identifiable? 
And then he goes on later to say, he's like, oh, and uh, yeah, if anyone else had that job, they'd understand that it's frustrating. It's tough. Shut up, dude. Go manage a retail store. Shut up. Shut your damn mouth. I, I swear, Seriously, it's crazy to me that you're going to tell me that's a hard job. Everyone has a hard job. And actually, you picked <laughs> one of the hardest jobs. So this is your own fault. What do you? Nobody forced you to be mayor. Well, that's the question. Did someone oh force him to be God. mayor? Is he just a stooge that was, uh, you know, recruited to do this job? And once he got there, he, he I don't know if you watched The Wire, but uh, Tommy yeah. uh, Charetti, whatever the guy's name is, uh, he, he gets the mayor and he's all excited to do it. And then uh, the, the outgoing mayor says, prepare to be shoveled uh, piles of crap over and over again, bowls of poop. And it's just nonstop. He has a bowl after bowl of just stuff he has to deal with. You know, it's exciting to think that you can be mayor, but sometimes you just don't have the gumption. And I think that's what happened with this guy. He doesn't have the backbone to be a mayor. And he got in there and uh, just... uh I think it's it's what happens to a lot of these local politicians. They do care. They do have good intentions. Then they get into these Do you think he had good intentions? I think most people that get into politics have good intentions, but then once they start rubbing elbows with these swamp creatures and these yeah, psychos right. that run all this stuff, this is what happens. City. Yep. Yeah. yep, having cocktail parties. Who knows? There, there's this big story in the inquiry yesterday. Oh, the legacy of, of Mayor Kenny as he, uh, you know, oh, historic soda tax. That is, yeah, because we have the greatest uh, schools historic, in the wait, country. They, 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 yeah, yeah. they prop it up as a positive historic soda tax? Yeah, historic. It's a historic achievement. Which, it, it go to any of the schools in Philadelphia right now. Yeah, the soda tax didn't help a ton. Yeah, okay, it, did it help some of the schools? Sure, I'll give you that. Headline, plan to rebuild rec centers and libraries was a legacy-making project beset by delays. Yeah, oh, God. Oh, government and delays? What a shock. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, Kenny's novel initiative was undoubtedly being one of the mayor's most enduring legacies, but rebuild is far from meeting its original goals. Uh, yeah, far is to say the least. Sherelle uh, Parker coming in, though. I have a lot of, a lot of hope for her. Uh, I... You shake your head kind of hesitantly, though. Uh, no, I, I'm excited. I, I, I think I'm skeptical of Philadelphia government in general. So I, I'm just someone who has to always have hope and be optimistic. So I am optimistic, and I am actually very much optimistic that the Democrats in this city chose the candidate who is tough on crime. Yeah. So that really does give me hope. And, I mean, there's a lot of drama around Larry Krasner, and even uh, like we played in our last episode, Krasner kind of uh, arguing about things that Parker has said and alluding to the DA's office being incompetent. So, I mean, I hope she continues to push back, and I hope eventually she speaks up and just calls him out, because that's what we need. Yeah, and, and she did. I mean, in, the, in her initial speech, uh, she, yeah. she says $500 or less, it's not going to happen in Philadelphia anymore. That's a direct yep. shot at Krasner's yep. initial memo yep. that he says, you know, he never said... He, yeah, he never. Yeah, he didn't say it. He he had some staffer write it. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Big trials. Uh, it, it, like it's it's nuts, man. The, he he continued denies what he's done to the city. But no, Sherelle, great great things doing. And she she just announced a couple of her staffers, and one really stands out to me. This guy named Aaron Platt uh, is now a deputy mayor, and a name that many people haven't heard of, but one that me and Dom are both very familiar with because uh, during her campaign, he was very instrumental in uh, bringing her onto the Dom Giordano program. Uh, and, and now you have a deputy mayor in there. And, and I say that really carefully because you had a person running to be a Democrat mayor of Philadelphia that would often come on the Dom Giordano program because Dom's known for being a very fair interviewer. 
But if a person's running for a campaign, usually they'd say, oh, hell no, I don't have any desire to be on a conservative radio station. But Aaron, really, we, we spoke, and he thought there was a true need for conservatives to hear what Sherelle had to say because he really thought they'd like what she had to say. I agree, and that's important. We need more people to just have these conversations. Like, we're neighbors, we're friends, we're, like, at the end of the day... We have to talk to one another. And the fact that we have, first of all, we have a current DA who, you know, I'm sure he's heard us complain about him and he doesn't ever feel like he'll be willing to reach out or, or give us his perspective. No. Even if he disagrees, give us your opinion. Like It's not that hard. Just talk to us. Like it, it, Treat us like lepers. But it, it's ridiculous. But Mayor Kenny also, he's never coming on here. So the fact that we have oh, a mayor, I, I have a challenge, man. I want to get him once he's out of office. I got to bring him on with Dom. It would be fantastic, would it not? That would be good. Have the tell-all. The tell-all yeah, with Mayor Kenny. expose of the Philadelphia local government. Is he going to turn into like George Santos? Look, and, like, I, I really think there's it? still a bone in Kenny's body that he's a South Philly guy that yeah. uh, sees the BS that he said to deal with. And maybe you want to talk about it. Maybe he can I don't know. use it to pass the blame Dom. and protect his reputation. I don't know if you know? he likes Dom. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know either. Yeah, yeah. One person that's never come on is Krasner, I can tell you that. Yeah, that but one person happen. that did come on and often comes on yesterday, go check out the podcast if you've ever heard it, Sharif Street, Senator Sharif Street. Oh, nice. He came nice. on to uh, defend the letter that he wrote uh, pushing back against the bipartisan bill Act 140, Senate Bill 140, uh, that passed in Harrisburg that... Uh, rewrites the jurisdictions that Larry Krasner is allowed to prosecute now within allegedly 500 feet or yards of a uh, a public transport station. Uh, there'll be a special prosecutor that comes in. And we had the author of the bill come on a couple days ago who told us that it's essentially a safety net. That uh, Krasner, if he chooses not to prosecute, then this person can come in, put on the you know big boy pants, and actually do the job that Larry Krasner is supposed to be doing. Sharif Street came on and told us it's actually the opposite. It's uh, you know, uh, supplanting Krasner's jurisdiction, and he has a problem with that because, oh, Krasner was duly elected and all this. Yeah, I remember Dom actually went on News Nation with, uh, was that Dan Abrams? Dan Abrams, he was yeah. with, And Dom had that same exact argument. I yeah. remember that verbatim, because Dom was saying, if you're not going to do your job, you deserve to be fired. Yeah. And he was claiming, well, if the voters voted for him, then you can't fire him. Well, you can't fire him, but what you can do is protect yourselves. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. and I fully support a bill that if Krasner chooses not to prosecute, there should be a safety in there that, uh, you know, that person's not just let free. There's someone that comes in. I remember Bill McSwain when he was a U.S. prosecutor. He had a press conference and said he has to, you know, uh, play in the adult rooms. You, you know, the, let the kids play, and once they... He's got to fix their mistakes uh, as a U.S. attorney, as the uh, national federal guy. So if we can have some kind of protection here to prosecute when Larry fails to prosecute, I think it's only a net benefit for Philadelphians. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that's why I'm not necessarily against like bringing in National Guard and things like that either. And people act like that's nuts. But, I mean, I think people would act a lot differently if there was National Guard here for a bit and... I, the thing is, it's just as much as we want to support the police, and we do support the police, they can only do so much. So figuring out that, and especially on top of dealing with the DA, how do you move forward with safety? Especially, like, Sherelle's hands are tied to a point. So I think, like you said, her initial shot at Krasner with that opening statement, she's probably going to have to keep doing that and pushing that needle. If she wants to make change, it's going to... It's, she's going to have to take the gloves off. And the guy's so relentless, I don't think he's going to, you know, give any kind of olive branch. So it's it's going to yeah. get messy. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you there. And I, 
I just have hope in Sherelle because the lone and sole fact that she comes on 1210 WPHD with us, that gives me some hope that she'll even consider talking to us, which shouldn't be a big deal, but I guess it is. It's nice to know that as she often says at the end of her interviews that there are people saying, don't go on Dom, there's no reason to go on yep, Dom. Yep. Uh, but the person that was telling her you should go on Dom is so close to her now, she, she, he's actually going to be the deputy mayor here in Oh, Philadelphia. wow. Awesome. That's that Aaron Platt guy. Awesome. So... Congrats to Aaron. That's that's friggin' awesome. Yeah, let's go to uh, Frank, Northeast Philly. Frank, how you doing, sir? Hey, Dan. Um, this just came in. Breaking news. Breaking news. There's a new DA in town. Have you heard about it? No. Who is it? It, it stands for the Dan and Anthony Show. That's used to it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I heard you both on Thanksgiving. You did a great job, and today, equally awesome. Greg Stocker, if you're listening, you got a lot of talent here. Make room for the Make room for the Dan and Anthony show. A new DA is in town, the Dan and Anthony show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Frank. I can't do both, though. I might just have to go leave for the world of criminal justice, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the name of your show will be called the DA show, the Dan and That's Anthony true. program. That's true. Ooh, I like yeah, that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Other side, get out. Maybe the, the DA The real show. Philadelphia DAs. Yeah. Oh. And, and if can move, like, as the other DA, the district attorney, that'd be great too <laughs> anyway listen you guys are doing great you are talented and I wish you the best and I wish I hope Greg Stocker doesn't make a move for you somewhere in the program and, uh, and oh uh, Anthony it was the PT 109 Kennedy was on yes yes thank you thank you I, I, I'm not his back for the rest of his life he was a lot of pain yeah yeah his back was already messed up so yeah if you haven't watched that documentary check it out it's uh, called Kennedy on HBO but thank you Frank we appreciate it Frank, Merry Christmas before we let the you new go- DA show the Dan and Anthony program <laughs> Frank before we let <laughs> you go know. I want to I you know, give it back to you too brother you're a great great caller you've been a supporter of both Anthony and I for a long time a supporter of this entire station uh, and a fantastic caller so Merry Christmas uh, brother and you know enjoy the family and uh, hope everything goes well sir thanks for the hey, call Dan, when, did you, when did you leave port richmond i left port richmond uh what was it do you remember november was that november yeah, yeah I, like think november, so. I thought you yeah, moved there i mean did you grow up there or did you move there no, no i grew up i grew up in cherry hill uh then i moved out to indiana for college uh moved back to atlantic city market was doing radio in atlantic city uh and then when i got the job here at wphd i moved to port richmond so i was there for about six five five years and then Moved back over the bridge and now own a house out there in Deptford. Big shot. Yeah. You have a good car practice. <laughs> the lady on Frankfurt Avenue. Anyway, have a good one, guys. Well, I miss it up there, man. It was, it was an awesome experience living up there. Just the, the vibe of the neighborhood. And uh, I loved it, man. So th- thanks, Frank. Thanks, man. Uh, we got to go to break, Anthony. Uh, the other side with Dan and Dorenzo. Maybe the DA show from now yeah, on. I like that. I really I do like that. Like that. Uh, we'll be back after the break. 855-839-1210. Please feel free to give us a ring and chime in. This segment of The Other Side with Dan and Dorenzo sitting in for Dawn Stensland. Brought to you by Piazza Auto Group. It's the most wonderful time of year to get a new Volkswagen during the Sign and Drive event. Visit Piazza Volkswagen of Ardmore and Langhorn for zero down lease offers. Shop online at PiazzaVW.com. Oh, here we go. My guy. Uh, it's Christmas time. Yeah, you look under the tree. You're getting cold this year. You being a good boy. Oh, it's a good Christmas. Oh, yeah, for Springfield. Yeah. It's a nice Christmas. I don't know how people like them, man. I, I, I teach his own, but. Yeah, yeah. I can't do it. Oh, yeah, let's, uh, let's uh, squeeze this one out and go celebrate some Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Merry Christmas. I'm canceling our show that you bought, uh, you bought two tickets for $8,000. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, we got to cancel the show. Oh, yeah. got to cancel it. Sorry. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, you guys go work on the farm. I'll go uh, pay some people to do it for me. Uh. Oh my god, man. Sorry if you like Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, but if you just, can't tell, yeah, we're not, yeah. a, not huge fans of the guy. Yeah. This song's not too bad, though. Like that, Some of it, some of this stuff's not bad. It's just... This isn't as bad as the You Better Watch Out, You Better Not Cry. Whatever, that's Santa Claus coming to town. You better but, yeah, watch out. Yeah. Yeah. I like the original, but Bruce just is too much with it. Yeah. My voice hurts. I don't know if I can do another hour now after that. <gasps> well, you're a Jersey guy, aren't you? You have to love him. Somehow I squeeze out four hours a night of a concert. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, now I'm in Jersey. I'm supposed to like the guy, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, not going to happen. Uh, I have a gripe, not only with Bruce Springs, but with the host prior to us, Matt Rooney, who trashed Elf, the film, which I consider to be the best Christmas film of all time, bar none. Yeah. I, I agree with you. <laughs> it hits all of those marks, but I understand... I guess this is the same way when we debate Christmas songs. People tell me they hate Last Christmas by Wham, which to me is just like a travesty. I think that song's a masterpiece. Why? It sucks. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's terrible. It's so good. Oh, no. It's... The chorus is perfect. Oh, no. Uh, but I, regardless, we could debate it's really the song, too. the structure, all that. But my point is, I think people don't like Elf because it's just so overplayed and so overdone. Like, every year, you're going to see the Buddy the Elf toy at Target. All right, but It's a Wonderful gonna... Life is on all the damn time. And That's it's still true. And, and the same with Christmas uh, Vacation uh, and, and even the Christmas Story movie as well. But I, I I just think Elf is probably the most prominent for younger people. So you're right. And that's why people get sick of it. It's like a number it's one It's not hit. just for younger people, though. Like, I, I, I get, I get the you, argument yeah. that Rooney has that there's some nostalgia that plays into it. Like, mm-hmm. like Santa Claus is the same for me. I'm kind of in between the generations, between you and Rooney. Yeah. So yeah. I get a little bit of the Santa Claus. And Elf, by the time I was I was old enough where I was like, eh, this is kind of corny. But I, I, I thought it was silly. I, I like the character of Elf. But as I've grown older, I like the father more. And I yeah. see that the father is a very... You know, there's there's a lot of layers to the character, and I I really think that's what makes Elf great. There's so many yeah. different storylines that go into the film. You have the romance between him and Zoe Deschanel. You have the comedy of Buddy the Elf trying to become a human. You have the father-son relationship between the father. That's and, the best one. And, and think, then you yeah. have not only that, but you have the father-son relationship between the father and Elf's brother. Yeah, uh, Buddy yeah, the yeah, Elf's yeah. brother yeah. that just just doesn't see his father much because of the amount of work. And by the end, the father comes around and realizes that he has to spend time with the family and. It's just a really well-done movie that touches a lot of different mm-hmm. genres that I don't think a lot of Christmas films do. Well, and they were also kind of talking down on the Jim Carrey Grinch, and I I will not accept that. In my, yeah. I think I might like that more than Elf, and just that story, man, like you're saying, to appeal to adults. When I watch that, that Jim Carrey Grinch, the things he says and his like dark humor that he slips in there... Uh, here, like when they're they're inviting him to go down to Whoville and say he's the the Who of the year, and uh, yeah. we're gonna make you wear the Christmas sweater. And he's like, I can't do that. Uh, 4 p.m. have to load in South Philly. <laughs> 5 p.m. Uh, dinner with myself. I can't cancel that again. Like all the he's so. It is such a movie, even though it's a kids movie. I feel like it is so catered to adults and like those negative thoughts that you have going through the motions of life. Like he personifies it perfectly, and then by the end. I mean, don't be the Grinch. That's the moral of the story. Yeah. I, it really, when you don't make it like, oh, corny Christmas music, it really I, does relate to And life. I just love the cinematography of Tim yes, Burton and the yes. weird angles. And it's just, I, I really like it too. I think yeah. that's another good one. Jim Carrey's my guy. I love him though. Uh, yeah. One movie that I highly suggest everybody just completely ignore because it was trash was Candy Cane Lane. With Eddie Murphy, you haven't seen that one yet. <laughs> I have seen it. It's not good. Oh, all. you did watch it? I, I mean, I put it on for a little bit. I it's, couldn't. Yeah, 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 it's like cringeworthy. It's it's not like. Can he stop making movies? Yeah. I, it. I and what was the last good one? Doctor Doolittle. 
I don't even know. That might be giving him something. Is Doctor yeah. Doolittle a good movie? I mean, I, I just that's one I, as a kid I thought was okay, but I don't even know. He does. Uh, was he in those home? Those what was that? The Adam Sandler movies it wasn't uh, Home Alone, but no, you know, what Grown I'm Ups. Talking. Yeah, Grown Ups. No, I don't grown think he was in Grown Ups. No, was he? Yeah, I don't think so. Either. Yeah, yeah. I can't think. Of, yeah, I'm like, just trying. Maybe he hasn't been making. I know he was in that movie with Jonah Hill on Netflix. Uh, that I, God, what was that called? But he was like dating a black girl, and like Eddie Murphy was the father. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Brett Favre. Yeah, you just go go too long. I mean, he should he should do some stand up sets again. If anything, that's what I'd love to see from him. Go to uh, comedies in such a resurgence. Get to some clubs, man. Talk to these younger comedians. That'd be great. All right. So when I was reading about uh, Candy Cane Lane, a lot of people watched it expecting a upswing on Eddie's career because I, I haven't seen it, but allegedly Dolomite is my name. Uh, came out a couple years ago, 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Eddie Murphy was allegedly starting a career renaissance with this film. Uh, Candy Cane Lane, it's the 12 Days of Christmas personified. It's almost like one of those 824 films where they yeah. take a, a fictionalized thing and you know make it creepy. And I feel like the, the, the showrunners wanted it to be that ascent, uh, initially, and then Eddie Murphy came in and it turned into some kind of family film. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like they didn't really know what they were trying to do, and the jokes completely whiffed over and over again, so... Do not watch Candy Cane Lane, no matter how much you see it advertised during NFL games. I was hoodwinked <laughs> into believing it might be a decent movie. It is not. But, uh, Anthony, we got to get rolling here on the top of the hour. Uh, you're listening to The Other Side with Dan and Dorenzo covering for Dawn Stenzel. We'll be back after the break.